Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolf. I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about love and uh, becoming love, manifesting love, showing love, flowing uh, in God's love, and uh, just letting His love not only transform us, but work through us. Amen? So how many of you know it's important? So 1 John 4.17 says, As He is so also are we in this world. And the context of 1 John 4.17 is love. The word there, John says, as he is, so also are we. God is love. Uh, the context is not only God, but the context is, is Jesus in 1 John 4. And here he's saying, as he is, so also are we. So, there's this transformation process, and there is this, this anointing, this ability, this grace on our lives where, wherein God is not only calling, but He's also enabling us to be loved, to manifest love, to walk in love, to demonstrate love, to represent love. Um, you've heard me break that down before just for fun. Because a couple years ago, the Holy Spirit broke it down for me. Represent. You know, just break it down. Represent. So if we represent God, as we represent God, we're really representing God. And if God is love, then as we represent Him, we're representing love. So God through Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, God through Christ, or God is now through us as we've come into him, reconciling the world and given us the ministry of reconciliation, that we would represent, we represent the love of God. How many of you want to be a hero of love? We're going to be heroes of love. And that means living bigger than ourselves, and it means living, it means living impactful legacy kind of lives, and, and not out of pride, but I think there should be something about us that when you look back on yesterday, you're able to see where God's love worked through you, and, and it actually gives you a good feeling about yourself because you lived bigger than just for you. And that's a God kind of living. Amen? For God so loved that He gave. He thought, he thought of something bigger than just Himself. For God so loved that He gave. So love is, is giving. So the perfect love of God in our lives, what hinders the perfect God, love of God flowing through us because ultimately that's what we all want is we want the perfect love of God flowing through us. Amen? And if God's love is able to flow through me in perfection, then God will be able to use me as a vessel, as a conduit, as a minister of His to deliver people from fear. 
Because perfect love, 1 John 4, in that same passage, perfect love displaces or drives out fear. All right, we're excited about another day of Restored Life Radio. Thanks for tuning in. God bless. We're available at 253-922-1502. We encourage you to call in. We'll be offering the Restored Life Encounter soon, and we want you to sign up and get involved in that. We also want you to check in for the Restored Life Manual and Materials. So we want to be involved in, and fear is a manifestation, a a symptom, a sign of the enemy's presence. Fear is... Fear is common, fear is all around us, fear is pervasive, uh, uh, and people are affected deeply by fear, and we can affect them deeply with love. So I just, I really believe that God is not wanting to just uh, come through the Holy Spirit and touch people with His love, and that it's all up to the Holy Spirit. I believe that God also anoints us to be representing His love because He's given the ministry of reconciliation to us, right? He's given the ministry of reconciliation to us as if through us, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, as if through us, He's now making his appeal to people be reconciled to God. So I believe that that that's got to come through love, love flowing through us. God wants his love to flow through us. So that means we have to be a different kind of people. I was thinking about Romans 5, 8, before we were worthy, while we were quite unworthy, Christ died for us. Died meaning laid down his life. This is interesting, is that God would also call us, therefore, if as he is, so are we in this world, then God would call us to be laying down our lives for people before they are worthy according to their works, according to their acts, according to their deeds, according to their faith. Before they're worthy, we lay down our lives. And in doing so, we love. For, uh, you know, God so loved, John 3.16, that he gave. We want that to be written about us, that Brandon so loved that he gave, that Missy so loved that she gave, that Boone so loved that he gave, that Frank so loved that he gave that we would be givers and that we would be givers before people are worthy. That we would even see something, that we would see something in people even that they don't see in themselves. That we would respond to the love of God for them and that we would see people through and with God's grace, God's ability, God's anointing, God's strength. Amen? And so Jesus appeals to us to receive Father as Daddy, to receive Him as Provider, because wherever or whenever or to the degree that we're worried over stuff, to that degree, then we will be jealous, competitive, envious, and covetous, 
and we will be uh, uh, competing with people for pie as if thinking there's a limited amount of pie. And so he says, that's the way the unbelievers live. But to you, I'm saying, don't live that way. Daddy's got you covered. Daddy knows that you need stuff. He knows you need all things. He longs to take care of you. But it's that upside-down kingdom. Seek first daddy, and then the stuff will come. Seek first the stuff and wear yourself out. Now, if you seek first the stuff, it doesn't mean you won't get the stuff, by the way. It's not just Christians who are seeking first daddy who are blessed with stuff. There's two ways to get stuff. You can wear yourself out, or you can seek Father first and let him bring the stuff to you. So Deuteronomy 28, we heard recently that, that the old covenant doesn't apply too much to us as today, but, but the crazy thing is that we're told that the new covenant's much better than the old, so whatever principle we see in the old, we can conclude that the new is even better. So Deuteronomy 28 says all these blessings will overtake you. When we seek Father first, all these blessings will overtake us. And so we talked a little bit about how the worry over stuff, anxiety, frantic activity, you won't have time to love. Uh, it's not good to love because if you love, you, they might get your stuff. It, it might not be good to love. And love means share my stuff, and there's only so much stuff to go around. So I have to be careful over my stuff because there's actually only 10 pieces of pie to this pie. So pie thinking is an anti-God, anti-kingdom thinking. Pie thinking is not right because Father never runs out of stuff. There's not 10 pieces of pie. There is an unlimited amount of stuff. Google has created billions of dollars out of ideas that didn't even exist 30 years ago. There's gold in them there, airwaves, right? So God, God has got resources you don't even know about that he could introduce to you in the next few months that you've never even heard of. So today I want to talk a little bit how that rejection also hinders the flow of love. I want to talk to you a little bit today about how rejection hinders the flow of love. Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We are so glad that you're with us. We want you to call today, 922-1502. That's the 253 area code. Or email us as well at the Restored Institute, Restored Institute at Gmail, Restored Institute, all lowercase Gmail. God bless you. We're going back into the program now. All of us have a rejection consciousness, and it started with the fall. Everybody say the fall. Genesis chapter 3, if you want to go there with me on the screens or in your Bible, a rejection consciousness, and with a rejection consciousness throughout the morning, I will be inferring also a sense of inferiority or insignificance, say it with me, inferiority, insignificance, worthlessness, condemnation, all of those things are coupled together with a rejection consciousness and or a fear of rejection. And this will harm us from loving because as long as we have a rejection-oriented consciousness, we're constantly needing to be loved instead of able to be a source of love. 
So where God says, as he is, so also are we in the world, where Jesus said, as the Father sent me, John 20, 20 through 22, as the Father sent me, now send I you. Remember that? He breathed on them. In John 20, 20 through 22, it says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he said to them, as the Father has sent me. Now, the inference of the text is just as the Father sent me. Just as the Father sent me, so send I you. Did you know you're a sent one? Did you know that you're a sent one? Did you know that you're on a mission? Did you know that you are not just a forgiven person bumping along? You're a forgiven person who's been restored to destiny in Father and that you have a mission, that you're a sent one, and that now as he has breathed on you with the Spirit and regenerated your spirit and made you one with his Spirit, that he has in so doing breathed on you and said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. You're a sent one. So then Acts 10, 38, we know about Jesus, how he was anointed of God, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Is God with you? And are you a sent one? And is his nature love? So we also are anointed. And we also go about doing good, healing all of those who are oppressed of the devil, for God is with us. When sin came in, so did, when sin came in, separation from God came in. When separation from God came in, then inferiority did. Now, inferiority was actually a legal assignment because when Adam and Eve fell, they really did become inferior. They came under condemnation. They really did become inferior because now their spirit was no longer in communion with Father as it was previously. So the inner, the inner guidance system was in a fault mode. Okay? So they, they really didn't operate as they did before. They didn't have the same level of knowing or communion as they had before. And so here's what happens. Father approaches them. It says in Genesis 3, verse 7, the eyes of both of them were open. They knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and began to make themselves loin covering. So this is interesting that when we're not in Christ, then we try to cover ourselves. And we try to come up with things that cover ourselves because we know outside of Christ that we're naked. And symbolically, what was removed was the glory, the covering of glory. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. So here... This is that pattern. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Okay? When we're naked, we hide. When we're naked, when we're not covered, then we hide and we're afraid. Okay? So all of that, the message of rejection and inferiority, 
uh, a worthlessness, insignificance, separation from life, all of that actually was a legal thing. It was legal, it was valid, it was, it was normative, and it became a normative part of all who would then be in the seed of Adam, in the family of Adam, and who would be affected by the fall. It's normal, and it's also normal for us to try to cover it up and hide it, and try to cover it up and hide it our way. Hiding from God, but yet covering up our nakedness with our own works, with our own good, with our own activity, with our own prosperity, with our own whatever it is, we try to cover it up. And this is where pride comes in and, and all sorts of things that are really placebos for righteousness and adoption and redemption. Because when we come to God, what happens is God restores us. John 3, 3 through 5, when we're born of the Spirit, it's a reconnection with God, the Spirit of God becoming one with our spirit. What's born of the Spirit is our spirit nature. We're restored in relationship with God, and immediately we receive the righteousness of God, which is far better than our own righteousness because our own earning or covering of righteousness is worthless and unable to bring us into an audience with God. Common union, communion. We can't have common union. We can't have communion with God without the covering of the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus in and over our lives. Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We're so glad that you're with us. Restored Life Radio is brought to you in part by New Horizon Church. New Horizon is a church created for your restoration. We meet right off of the freeway in 5 Exit 137, central to the whole Puget Sound. Join us at New Horizon this weekend and come and visit our website, www.newhcc.com. That's newhcc.com. Come and discover a new horizon with us. If you want to call us by the telephone, 253-922-1502. We'd love to hear from you, love to connect, and get you to the Restored Life Seminar. So then righteousness is a gift. Everybody say righteousness is a gift. And it's not our righteousness that we stand in, right? It's the story of the prodigal son. The robe of righteousness goes right over the top of all of our crud and covers it all up. We are covered now with his robe of righteousness. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. If we are in Christ, we are new creatures, and it's his righteousness imputed to us as a gift. And so salvation includes this legal deposit and inheritance of righteousness imputed to our bankrupt spiritual account, which brings us in and makes us full, legitimate children of God. Now are we the sons and daughters of God. Now we are king's kids. Now through faith, now because we believed, we ha have become children of God. Amen? Now, a sin can't take that away from you. A sin can't take that away from you. 
First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us, faithful and just to the covenant to forgive us of that sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's important that we really lean into the understanding, the concept, the legal inheritance and the impartation of the righteousness of Jesus covering us, not that we would continue in sin, not that we would continue to sin, but that we would be assured that he's got us covered while at the same time he convicts us of the sins that he wants to deliver us of and sets us free progressively as we walk with him and say yes to him. We keep saying yes to him. So how many of you know God is progressively washing us and he opens up the robe and he reaches in with a little bit of, you know, Ajax or 409 or something and he finds some area in there and he says, you know, I don't think you need that area anymore. And, and you're like, you know, you're right. I don't think, and he says, let me show you this verse because my strength will come right in where you've had that weakness or you've had that propensity, you've had that issue, you've had that bondage, you've had that problem. And so my strength will come in and my word will come in and I'll recreate that area of your life. Would you allow me? And you say yes. And so you set that aside because that is so much less than his higher thing that he has for you. The higher walk, the higher word, the higher transformation the higher life that he has for you. And so he's not just delivering you of sin because sin is so terrible. He's delivering you of sins or sins because it's so much less than what he has for you. It's such a terrible placebo. It's such a negative alternative than what he has for you. What he has for you is life, so he keeps convicting you of the high life that he has for you so that you willingly Grab the washcloth with him and work to bring the crud out and set it aside. Now, this is a lot of preaching just to talk about rejection. So let's talk about rejection a little bit more. Why is it that, uh, that we continue to allow rejection to have a place in our lives? Why is it that we who are free of rejection legally by way of free, legally, by way of redemption, by way of adoption, by way of righteousness, by way of communion, common union with God himself through Christ, why is it that we allow rejection and inferiority, worthlessness, insignificance? Why do we allow it in our Why do we allow it to have place? Why do we allow it to flourish? And therefore, it hinders the flow of love, and it also hinders the purpose of God in our lives. Did you know that? We can see this in the Old Testament quite a bit, and I think we see it in the Old Testament quite a bit because it was a reality, and God is showing us in his very clear stories in the Old Testament how the reality of rejection, Proverbs 29 and 25 says, the fear of man is a snare. The fear of man has access or has has ability to work because of rejection, inferiority, fear, worthlessness that is a predisposed part of the sinful nature. It's a part of your sinful nature. It's a natural part of your sinful nature. 
Just as sure as eating is a part of your physical nature, rejection is a natural part of your spiritual in Adam, uncrucified carnal nature. So he shows us, he shows us some stories of how that, that operates. Samson wanted to be loved. Samson wanted to be loved. If you want to be loved by humans more than you want to receive and accept the love of Father, then it will become a snare to you. You might let your hair get cut. The power is in the hair. If you want to be loved, if you are, if you're, pers- if you're hanging on to a rejection perspective, a rejection, if you're meditating with a rejection consciousness, then you will need to be loved instead of live as a resource of love. Now, again, this is reversed to even the law of reciprocity because even God has spelled this out that the way you're supposed to The way you're supposed to interact with people is you're supposed to sow love into them. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253-922-1502.